Welcome, podcast friends. We have a fantastic episode for you today. Last year, we brought listeners the entire volume of the Best Investment Writing Volume 3 in audio format right here on the podcast. Listeners loved it, so we're running it back again this year for the Best Investment Writing Volume 4. You'll hear from some of the most respected money managers and investment researchers from all over the planet. Hi, this is Anil Rao. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I am in the Equity Research Group at MSCI, which is a provider of research-based indexes and analytics. To learn more about us, you can find us at msci.com. Today, I'm going to read a piece from February 2019 titled Game of Homes, Revisiting the Home Bias. While it's a year old, I think you'll find the message still relevant. The accompanying plots for this reading can be found by searching for Game of Homes on the MSCI.com site. With that, let's begin. Game of Homes is winter coming for the domestic equity bias. U.S. wealth advisors' allocation models have a considerable overweight to U.S. equities when compared to a capitalization-weighted benchmark. Although historical signals of a U.S. slowdown show signs of abating, including last month's inversion of the U.S. yield curve, asset allocators with a U.S. equity overweight could still be exposed to an additional source of equity risk, home bias risk. In this post, we borrow concepts from institutional investor benchmarks and address two questions related to the risk and return of a U.S. home bias for wealth advisors. First, can we quantify this risk in an allocation? And secondly, what has happened when U.S. stocks ended previous multi-year runs of outperformance? Return of the Mac. Model portfolios have gained traction with wealth advisors as starting points to meet clients' return objectives. At its simplest, an allocation model consists of indexes and target weights, to which tactical views and active management can be added. In this respect, a model serves a similar purpose to an institutional investor's reference benchmark. To measure risk, we compare an allocation model with a U.S. home bias and one without, both with a moderately aggressive allocation of 60% equity and 40% fixed income. We represent the equity portion of our no-bias allocation using the MSCI All-Country World Investable Market Index which contains no home bias, and a Bank of America Merrill Lynch 7-10 year global government bond index for our fixed income allocation. This serves as our reference allocation model throughout the exercise, with data as of February 2019. We next impose a 15% overweight to U.S. equities, funded by a 10% and 5% underweight to international and emerging market stocks, respectively. This serves as our home-biased allocation model. Our first comparison attributes the active risk, or the tracking error, of the home-biased model to the reference allocation model, using the MSCI Multi-Asset Class Factor Model, or MAC model. Risk models link our hypothetical decision, that is, overweight the U.S., to an investment outcome active risk. The results are shown in the first plot. I'll describe that plot here. Home bias added significant active risk. The exhibit likely gives pause. 
Home bias alone added over 70 basis points of active risk. This is before any active managers are added or any tactical views to the equity or fixed income allocations are implemented. A bias toward U.S. equities also introduced this market's overweights to certain sectors, such as information technology and financials, and to style factors such as momentum. Yet, the active risk due to sectors and style factors, the orange region in the exhibit, was dwarfed by that of the country decisions, the exhibit's blue regions. But did country decisions influence returns? What's gone up has come down. Before we can answer that, let's look in more detail at historical home biases around the world. In the second plot, we show the returns to 100% home bias for the major developed markets. Each plot can be interpreted as the relative return of the respective representative country index, for example, the MSCI USA index, over one covering the rest of the world. For example, the MSCI World XUSA Index. The plot shows that over the last two decades, a U.S. bias showed significant outperformance, albeit with periods of sharp declines. As we've shown before, this cyclicality was closely correlated with the broad equity market, as well as commodity and real estate returns. But a different picture emerges when looking at the deeper history and across markets. When the U.S. suffered an extended stock slump during the 1970s to the 1990s, Japanese stocks soared and then gave back all their gains during the subsequent decades. Canada's stock market suffered through a rapid rise and fall during the early 1980s. In fact, we see a pattern that country-specific rallies have come with drawdown risk, at least in the countries that we've looked at, including the United States, Canada, Japan, Australia, the EMU, and the UK. Examining the last time the U.S. underperformed international markets. To quantify how much the home biased allocation trailed the reference allocation, we use a recent period of drawdown in the U.S. home bias. The final exhibit shows the three-year rolling returns for the U.S. home bias and the three-year rolling returns relative to the reference allocation model from January 1995 to February of 2019. As expected, the two return patterns were closely related. On the plot, we highlight a portion which follows the dot-com bubble through the financial crisis of 2008, which corresponds to an extended period when U.S. stocks trailed international stocks. By mid-2008, they had fallen behind by 20%. The home-biased allocation model followed suit, trailing the reference model by 4% at its trough. Over the course of this five-year period, the home-biased model trailed the reference allocation model by 70 basis points annually, with 100 basis points of active risk, comparable to the level of active risk highlighted in our first exhibit. In summary, Equity allocations with significant U.S. bias have enjoyed a long summer of outperformance. But history has shown that winds can shift and grow cold and usher in an extended winter of negative relative returns. Thank you again, and I'd like to thank my colleagues Limin Zhao and Andrew Dumont for their contributions to this post. Music